Welcome to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's message. For more information, visit our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. In the first day, come on, by which we, the people of God, we fight our battles. Don't get confused by what is going on. Don't get confused by coronavirus. Don't get confused by CNN. Don't get confused by what people are saying. Don't get confused by people's uh, uh, news feed up on social media. We come and we declare the word of the Lord. And by the word of God, we have victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, can we stand for the reading of the word of God? Hallelujah. Thank you so much for those of us in the in-person gathering. Oh, my, 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 my. We done did church already. Jesus, the presence of God in here is thick. The anointing is profound. And wherever you are, I want you to tap into that same anointing. Come on. It's all about focus. We, we, it's demand and supply. Come on. Just because you're at home doesn't mean you need to be casual. If you lay down in your bed and make it casual, it will be casual for you. But if you choose to get up and get in the face of God, then the prophetic word will begin to flow through you right there in your house. So somebody ought to say amen to that one. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. Romans chapter 4. And, and uh, I'd like us to read this from the message version. We're going to read a couple of scriptures. Thank you so much, Minister Don, Minister Jeremy, whoo, Minister Caleb, everybody. Thank you so, so much. Let's just read the word of God. We'll read a couple of passages, and, and then we'll get into uh, what God wants to expand from his word. Romans chapter 4, reading from verse 17, and reading from the message version of the Bible. We call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was nobody. Isn't that what we've always read in scripture? God saying to Abraham, I set you up as a father of many peoples. Abraham was first named father and then became a father because he dared to trust God, to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life with a word, make something out of nothing. Verse 18, we're reading Romans chapter 4, the message version. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding to live not on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but on what God said he would do. And so he was made father of a multitude of peoples. God himself saying to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This 100-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. Verse 20. He didn't tiptoe around God's promises asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. That's why it is said Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. But it's not just Abraham. It's also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. Woo. Now let's go to Revelations. Woo. The word of God is good. Revelations chapter 3. And this time we're going to be reading from the New King James Version. Can anybody join me? They got me reading and preaching, y'all. Anybody join me in the reading of the word? Revelations chapter 3, the New King James Version of the Bible. We're going to go from, da, 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 I believe it's 7. Yeah, let's go from 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things say he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. 
for you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you. Verse 10. Because you have kept my command to persevere, I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God. And I will write on him my new name. Verse 13, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then the final scripture, 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5. We're still going to read out of the New King James Version of the Bible, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. 1 John 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Whew, the Word of God is sweet. Listen, before you take your seats, can we say our confession together. Some of you have forgotten the confession. <laughs> it's actually in your How Happenings. If you go there right now, you see it. It's listed, the, the confession. We, we want to get back to saying that on a regular basis. Amen. For those of you following on social media, I believe it's posted also on the Facebook page, but you can follow along with us. You ready? All right, let's go. God the Father is with me. Jesus is helping me. The Holy Spirit is guiding me. I am what the word says I am. The kingdom of God is within me. I'm receiving wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and power from God now. I have God's peace and a sound mind. I'm a life giver to my family, community, and nation. I have strength for all things through Christ who empowers me. Amen. Amen. Can you just wave someone a high five or wherever you are, greet somebody. If you're in our virtual church, can you just welcome someone virtually? Can you share this broadcast and just say hello to somebody and you may be seated as we get into the word of God. We want to welcome everyone. We're a local assembly with both virtual and in-person partners and we're just blessed of God to have this assembly. We're also a global virtual church and we welcome all of you from all over the world who are tuning in and following what's going on here at House of Worship. You're not just following your part of what God is doing here at House of Worship. And we're also blessed to have a global church family. We have so many sons and daughters all over the world who are part of what God is doing. And we're so excited to have you all join us in person and virtually. So welcome to every single person. If you're looking for a church home, we're not too far away. Amen. You can be in Australia. And if you need a pastor, call. All right. I had someone over here whose heart just skipped a beat. Yeah, I have, we, have, <laughs> we have partners all the way all over the world, and we're excited to be able to partner with you and pastor anyone and everyone who desires to be in the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Listen, for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about faith, and in the past week or so, last week, Pastor Pete preached on the faith that pleases God. My, my, my. I went again and listened to it again today and just was really struck particularly about that issue of priorities. One of the things that's happening now is we're being stripped of all the unnecessary, and we need to figure out what our priorities really are. And God is watching us to see what choices we're going to make now. Because before, we could say, I'm busy, Lord. Now you can't say that. <laughs> and so it's a great opportunity to prioritize, to look at what we're doing and why. Amen? And to figure things out. And this past Wednesday, we talked about the faith-strength connection. And, and we could have also called it the faith, strength, word connection, amen, because we learned that it's by the word of God that we receive strength and that it's that strength that also empowers our faith. And, and today we're going to talk about the overcoming faith. Somebody say overcoming faith. Overcoming faith. See, when we talk about overcoming, I, I, I see it like, you know, victory, 
you know, overcoming ain't no little fight that you won. No, I mean, overcoming means I killed you and I cut your head off. Overcoming means you're done. I mean, whatever that thing that was coming against me, when I overcome it, it means I am done with it. It also means that something is coming against you, all right? To overcome, that means there is a force coming against you that you're overshadowing and overpowering. Overcoming has to do with victory, with conquering, with defeating, with subduing and shutting the mouth of the lion. This is like David and Goliath. This is like I said, I will cut your, I will kill you, I will cut your head off. <laughs> you don't get it, Goliath. Something coming for you today. That's what we say when we talk about overcoming, all right? That kind of faith that subdues, that kind of faith that conquers, that kind of faith that looks coronavirus in the face and says, not today, not today. You are not the ruler over my life. The Lord God is the one who rules over the affairs of my life. And overcoming faith is a working faith. We know this because David didn't just stand there and say, I believe you're going to die, Goliath. Sha-ta-ta-ta-ta. No, he picked up a sword. He picked up some weaponry. He put on some armor. He got a sling so he could deal with it. So the kind of faith that's an overcoming faith, it's a working faith. We know this. You know, Abraham didn't just say father of nations. At some point, he had to be like, I'm Sarah. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. It, it, a, a, an overcoming faith is a working faith. So we're not even going to talk about that today. We're going to assume we already understand that, all right? That the kind of faith that we're talking about all month long is a working faith. It's a, wor a faith that does things. It's a faith that is accompanied by works, all right? So we understand that already. But we've got to understand that we must overcome particularly in this season, we must understand that the faith that we walk in, the faith that we carry, it's an overcoming faith. We are never under circumstances because God is sovereign. We are never at the whim of men because God rules over the affairs of our lives. So the faith that we have is an overcoming faith. Somebody say overcoming faith, overcoming faith, overcoming faith. It's so easy to be swallowed by what's going on. It's so easy to be overwhelmed by the circumstances. And don't get me wrong, I get it. It's scary. It's scary. It's scary financially, emotionally, physically. There's all kinds of things that are going on that can easily get us down and get us, you know, broken. Up, but we've got to remember that this faith that we walk in, it's an overcoming faith, and it's a faith that will see us through. It's a faith that will carry us through this pandemic. It's a faith that's not going to abandon us, but we've got to also make a choice to overcome. Because we said before, it's not a passive faith, it's a working faith. Come on. So when you look in Revelations, and I encourage all of us to go back, you know, these are uh, things that we probably studied through the years, but going back and looking at those churches, because you see verse after verse, he who overcomes, bam, he who overcomes, bam, he who overcomes, bam. There's so much that is spoken of. And, and so when you look at all these churches, I'll just summarize it for you, the things that we've got to overcome, number one, we've got to overcome the distraction from loving God, the distractions of the world. Oh, who's been there recently? Now everything is global. So, so now it's like the meetings are driving you crazy. It's, it's like we're, we're busy going from here to there, this call to that call, and we can become distracted, but we've got to overcome that distraction and keep our love for God secure. Amen? We've talked about priorities. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We've got to be, be overcome that distraction and keep our love for God secure. Number two, we've got to overcome compromising because of adversity. Because everything going on right now is partly an effort to destroy our faith, to discredit the word of God, to discredit the body of Christ, and to discredit you and I as individuals. Because how do you stand up and say you have faith when it seems like everything in your life is falling apart? Because the world doesn't understand. That doesn't change a thing. God is still working in me and through me. My circumstances don't define me. What's happening to me on the outside is not the issue. In fact, I live from the inside out. So what's going on externally is pretty much irrelevant. We've got to overcome that, that, that compromising spirit that's in the environment. That, that ability to compromise because of adversity, it's got to be a, you know, a no-go zone, all right? It just has to be one of those things. You, you know how it is. There's certain things, you know, you, you don't struggle with. There's certain sins that aren't even a temptation <laughs> because you done overcame that. You understand what I mean? There's some things that aren't a temptation. 
It's a non-issue because I overcame it a long time ago. We've got to overcome this issue with, with difficulty and with adversity and be at that point where adversity, it's irrelevant. My faith is my faith. I believe I'm strong and it's no longer a temptation. It's no longer an issue. I don't need to question. I don't need to fast and pray. I don't even need to understand why it's happening. I just know that I know that my God is able and I'm living from in here out and my faith is manifesting. That's an overcoming faith. We've got to overcome compromising because of adversity. Number three, we've got to overcome false doctrine. Right now, everybody's a, everybody's a prophet, <laughs> You, you, go, you go through social media, man, everybody's got a word. Everybody has doctrine. Everybody has something they believe. And we've got to guard against falling into, into false doctrine. And when you read those scriptures in Revelations, uh, he describes specifically Jezebel and Balaam. I'm not going to get into the specifics of that, but the point is guard against false doctrine. We've got to overcome that tendency, the itchy ears, where we want to hear what we want to hear. No, no, no. We go by the word of God, period. Okay? We've got to overcome that. We've got to overcome idolatry. All right? And this issue with false doctrine was actually in two of the churches. All right? So number four, we've got to overcome idolatry. We can serve and we will serve nobody but our God. Oh, but I don't know about you. I've had times in my life where I had other gods. Oh, I will tell you the truth. Again, it's those priorities. It's what we're spending time with. It's what rules over our lives. It's what dictates to us what we will do and what we won't do. That can become an idol, and it can be nothing but God. We've got to overcome that tendency towards idolatry. I like this one. We've got to overcome lukewarmness. I heard a pastor say that he didn't understand all this stuff people worried about checking temperature in church because God does, he surely checks our temperature. He didn't want, he, you're either hot or you're cold. <laughs> no in between, you know, no low grade fever. You're either hot or you're cold. <laughs> We've got to overcome lukewarmness, and we'll talk about that. You know, we, we, we've got, God wants us strong and solid. God wants us zealous. In fact, for that specific church, I think it was a Laodicean church, the Lord said, uh, Revelation 3.19, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. God isn't looking for a halfway Christendom. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You're either in or you're out. And this faith walk is an all in or all out. The Bible says if you ask, ask and don't doubt. Because the minute you doubt, you're wavering. The minute you doubt, you're, you're, you're cold. One or the other. And if we're going to walk this walk, then we've got to be hot. Somebody say, I got to be hot. Oh, say it and say it with a little wink. I got to be hot. Come on. I walked in this morning. They checked my temperature. I was hot. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I like it that way. Come on. We've got to stay hot in the terms of serving our God. Zealous for God. Amen. Zealous for the word of God. We've got to overcome that urge to simply survive. We, we can't survive this. No, we've got to overcome it. Somebody say overcome it. Hallelujah. We cannot just survive. And then the last thing we must overcome is letting go or forfeiting our reward. Some of you, you've been saved too long to give up now. You've been to too many services. <laughs> you done listened to too many sermons and preached too many of your own to quit right now. You done played too many keys, come on, to miss your reward right now. We, we've come too far in God to allow this little virus to now dictate what we're going to believe and what we're not going to believe. We choose to believe in the word of the Lord. Somebody say amen to that. We've got to overcome these things. Now, Revelations 12, 11. Let's go there for a minute. Revelations 12, 11. It says, they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. That's your key right there for overcoming. And there, it's all a picture of faith. So number one, the blood, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, which we enter into and we believe by faith. It's by faith that the blood works on our behalf because we've got to believe that he is. Come on. We've got to believe that. So we overcome by the blood. We overcome by our testimony. Every single one of us have a testimony. Our problem is memory loss, short term and long term. We so easily forget what God has done 
for us. But every single one of us have a testimony. Every single one of us have an impossible situation that got turned around that you can hold on to as your testimony of faith, as your reason for, your, for believing. You will overcome by testimony. And when you can't remember your testimony, you're at risk. You're at risk. Goliath's going to get you. You've got to know your testimony. You've got to have your resume secure. You know what God did for you. No issue, no argument. I, I don't need to discuss this. You know, one of those people that sometimes people get mad at me because I would not be drawn into it. No. I just refuse to engage. <laughs> when you know your testimony, when you know what God has done for you, when you know the power of the God you serve, even if it's not about what he's done for you, you have a testimony of who he is. And that testimony gives you strength to overcome. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. I'm an overcomer. And the last one, they did not love their life to death. You can't overcome if you're afraid to die. We can't be overcomers when we're walking in fear because it's either fear or faith, one or the other. We got to pick a side. <laughs> we're either walking in faith or we're walking in fear. These three things, the blood, the testimony, and the fact that they weren't afraid to die, that's how they overcame. That's the power of a faith that overcomes. And overcoming faith stands on the word, it stands on testimony, and it stands on faith, not fear. Come on. So that even when we die, it doesn't change anything. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could say, King, no issue here, no issue here. We don't need to discuss this. Our God will save us. And even if he doesn't, even if we die, we're still not going to bow. It doesn't change anything. We still believe, and he is still God. The overcoming faith defies death. And that's why Paul could say, even if we die, I die unto the Lord. So it makes no difference. My God is still God. It doesn't change anything. The overcoming faith is a faith that doesn't fear. Hebrews 11. So, so you see, we've, we've been reading this passage all month long. My goodness. And every time you go back, it's so rich. But one of the, the verses in, in the New King James, it has a, a chapter, uh, Hebrews 11, verse 30. The heading there for, in my Bible says, by faith they overcame. By faith, they overcame. By faith, they overcame. And it goes on to list them. Rahab, Gideon, Barak, Samson. Samson. Samson made it up in there. Come on, y'all. Samson made it up in there as someone who overcame by faith. David, Samuel, they fought physically. They fought spiritually. They fought emotionally. And they overcame because they were overcoming everything that came against them by faith in God. And I love verse 33 and 34. Let's go to it for a minute. 33 and 34. It says, who through faith, this is Hebrews 11, and we're reading the New King James. Who through faith, what did they do? They subdued kingdoms. They worked righteousness. They obtained promises. They stopped the mouth of lions. They quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, and turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Oh, come on. Somebody ought to say amen to that one. They overcame by faith. They stood against alien armies, and they prevailed. They overcame. Why? Because they believed in the God who called them. What are we talking about? An overcoming faith. We're talking about a faith that doesn't quit. We're talking about a faith that's victorious, a faith that overcomes the enemy, a faith that subdues, a faith that is victorious, a faith that shuts the mouth of the lion, a faith that cuts the enemy's head off. Come on. An overcoming faith. So now let's go back to our key text. 1 John 5, 4, which we already read. 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Are you born of God? Come on. So right there it says that you're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. You're an overcomer. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Somebody say, my faith overcomes the world. My faith overcomes the world. My faith overcomes the world. Listen, I just want to leave us with a couple of things that uh, characterize this overcoming faith. 
a couple of things about Abraham back in that Romans chapter 4 passage that we read that defines and describes this overcoming faith. We've already uh, kind of tapped into how we overcome by the blood, by the testimony, by not being afraid. But let's look at some other characteristics of this overcoming faith, and then we'll tie it up right there. That, that okay? Let me tap in my inner pastor feet and say, are you enjoying yourselves? Yeah. <laughs> Woo, the overcoming faith. Number one, it dares to trust what God says. The Bible says Abraham dared to trust God. And, and we've talked about Abraham all month long, so I don't need to go over again and again. He made mistakes. He did all kinds of things. And, and then he, he had Ishmael, which at least could make him go, hmm, that's a little testimony. I didn't think that could happen. <laughs> and doesn't God do that for us sometimes? You know, you want A, he doesn't give you A, but he gives you a little bit of B, just enough so you know he's there. Just enough so you know he's with you. That's the testimony. Come on. That's that partial little thing to just remind you that God is able. To just remind you that he's faithful. That he will see you through so that you don't quit. Abraham dared to believe God. He didn't start out that way. But after everything he went through, he came to that place where he said, hmm, I, I, I think God can do this thing. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty confident now. <laughs> He changed my name and everything, and something rose up inside of me. I have a new spirit. I have a new faith. I'm going to dare to believe him. Can somebody dare to believe God? But to dare to believe him, you've got to know what he promised. You've got to know what he said to you a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, and dare to believe that the God who said that to you, he is faithful and he will do it. We've got to dare to believe him. See, some of us, we, we've kind of buried our, our, our promises like the Shulamite woman. She wanted a child, but she's like, don't say it, prophet. Don't talk about it. Don't go there. Don't go there. Some of us, because of disappointments, we're not daring to believe God anymore. Can I dare you to go dig up that promise out from that trunk, out of that suitcase where you hid it under your pillow, wherever you threw it. Go find it and dare to trust God again. Abraham dared to trust God. The overcoming faith, it's a daring faith. Because it takes a bit of a daredevil to get up and go see Goliath and say, I'll kill you. It takes a special person. <laughs> it takes a special kind of boy to get up and go to the king and say, I'll do this. But how many of y'all know you're special? Somebody say, I'm special, I'm special, I'm special. The overcoming faith is a faith that dares to trust what God says. It dares to believe. I don't know about you, but I have a folder on my laptop with all my prophecies. I type them all up. My pastor taught me well. Some of you, when you're being prophesied over, you're so busy shaking and doing all your things, you don't hear what it said. No, I'd be like, hold on, hold on, prophet. Record. Okay, go ahead, man of God. <laughs> Because I want to hear every word. I want to go back and do battle with it. I want to go back and see and, 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 and birth it and bring it to pass. You've got to dare to believe what God said, but you first got to know what he said. I keep those prophecies before me. I remind God, and I'm still believing God for every last one of them. The overcoming faith dares to trust what God says. Can you dare to trust him? Come on, say to somebody, can you dare to trust him? Can you dare to trust him? Can you dare to trust him? In fact, tell them, I dare you. I dare you to trust God. I dare you to trust God. Hallelujah. Number two, the overcoming faith, it believes against hopelessness. Remember what I said, to overcome, that means something is coming against you. You're not beating the wind. When you're overcoming, that means there's a force, there's an attack, there's something big, there's something great. If it was a little fly, we don't, who talks about overcoming a fly? <laughs> no, because we can just swat that thing. That's not overcoming. Overcoming usually means it's like, you know, face to face. It's something equal or greater. And how many of you know hopelessness? Woo. Hopelessness can just hit you. And all of a sudden, you're broken. You're down. You don't trust. You don't believe anymore. But the Bible says Abraham hoped against hope. It, it actually mixes the word in a nice way. It says something almost like he hoped against hope and in hope believed. I'm like, what, what, what? <laughs> all this hope all over the place. The point is it was hopeless, but he hoped. The, the overcoming faith 
is a kind of faith, come on, that believes against a hopeless situation. It believes against a situation that looks impossible. We'll talk about that later. Where you have nothing to stand on. Where you have nothing that says you can do this. David, Goliath. There was nothing that looked like it was possible. It looked hopeless. 100-year-old Abraham, hopeless. The overcoming faith overcomes and believes God in a hopeless situation. So when your friends are trying to tell you you're crazy, you've got to go back to the word of God and understand, no, no, you're, you, they're crazy. Because faith stands against hopelessness. Come on. So those who are believing what they can see, that's not faith. You're not the crazy one here. You've got to understand that you're going to deal with hopeless situations. See, hopeless is a little higher than impossible. <laughs> we can quote a few more scriptures about impossible and feel better. But hopeless, that means, you know, everybody's shaking their head. You know when that happens and everybody's shaking their head? It's hopeless. But the overcoming faith, it believes against hopelessness. Contrary to hope, in hope, believe. Contrary to what the circumstances say about hopelessness, in hope we believe. Number three, we're talking about the overcoming faith. The overcoming faith does not live by visible impossibilities. And number four, it doesn't focus on impossibilities. So number three, it doesn't live by the visible impossibilities, and it doesn't focus on it either. That's number four. You know, when you're believing God, you don't, you just don't have the capacity to focus on the negative. You know, and, and that's why sometimes your friends think you're crazy, because you just can't stay in that space. You need to get in this kind of environment, come on, that stokes your faith, that gets you back to the place of hope, that kind of gets the salve and washes the dirt out of your eyes so you can see God clearly, so you can hear him well, so you know what he wants to do. The overcoming faith, it does not live by visible impossibility. So what I see in the natural is not what dictates to me. Uh -uh -uh -uh. If that was the case, we'd all be struggling right now. Because you can't see very much. And so those of us who live by faith, this is our time. Because we don't live by the natural. We don't live by what we see in human terms. And we certainly don't live by what we see that looks impossible. We don't function according to the natural circumstances. If Abraham looked at the natural circumstances, he wouldn't have never left. Because he would have said, God, you're funny. Yeah, yeah. Go find somebody else and make them the father of nations because this is real cute, God. Abraham didn't focus either on the natural circumstances. He didn't focus in on what it looked like on the outside. And we read that in, in that scripture in Romans chapter 4. I think I want to read it again, and I'm looking at, at this uh, message version in verse 19 of Romans 4. It says, Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This 100-year body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. That, that doesn't sound like us sometimes. Come on. Okay, maybe it's not you. It's me. Because I'm an analyzer. <laughs> so I'm the kind of person who will size the situation up. You know the pros and the cons and the possibilities and the impossibilities. You know every negative thing that you could possibly know. And then you wonder why you can't believe. I know I'm the only person that struggles with things like that. The rest of you are focused on Jesus. You fixed your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. I'm talking to the rest of us who are struggling with this, where we've got to learn how to not focus on the impossibility and rather focus on what God says. Focus on the word of God. Focus on the promise of God, not on the impossibility. Amen? We're talking about overcoming faith. We don't live by what we see that's impossible, and certainly when we see it, we don't focus on it. Number five, we live by what God says he will do. Woo! I'm going to run through them again. Number one, it dares to trust what God says. Number two, it believes against hopelessness. Three and four, where it doesn't live by visible imp impossibility and doesn't focus on impossibility. And number five, we live by what God says he will do. We 
fashion our lives after thus saith God. We don't fashion our lives by what we like or what we don't like. We don't fashion our lives by what we think. We don't fashion our lives by what we feel. We don't fashion our lives by what we see. We fashion our lives by what God says. So Noah can build an ark when he hasn't even seen a drop of rain. Because God said build an ark. And, and so what does that look like? The faith with works. Now Noah has to get on out there and go to the forest and get some wood. Noah has to come back and cut up the wood and polish the wood and spend years building an ark for no reason other than God said so. And God didn't say, I'll give you a sign. God just said, do it. And so that's what he did. The overcoming faith is based on what God said. And so we live our lives. We work according to what God says. Amen? See, see, if you want to overcome, we've got to shut our ears to everything and everybody else. The opinions are so great. We've got to focus on God's opinion. We've got to focus on what God is saying about the circumstance. And that means you and I now more than ever, never before, we've got to get before the throne of grace. We've got to hear his voice. We've got to know his instruction. We've got to know what he is saying. Because the interpretations of the world are not necessarily what God is saying. My emotions are not necessarily what God is saying. My hurt is not necessarily what God is saying. So now more than ever before, if we're going to live by faith for real, if we're going to walk in overcoming faith, then we've got to live by thus saith God. We've got to live by the word of God, live by the instructions of God and trust him, dare to trust him, even when it looks impossible. Oh, somebody should say amen to that one. Number six, and we just have one more after that. Number six, the overcoming faith, it's all in, baby. It's all in. The overcoming faith is an all-in faith. No doubt, no question, no confusion, no uncertainty. We are all in. And so that's why, for example, when you see people who are believing God for healing, they do seem kind of crazy because they're all in. There's no partial. It's like I'm trusting God all the way, and if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, it's fine, but I am giving him my all. There's no what if, God, I am just trusting you, God. So David could go before God for his child and pray and pray and cry before God, all in, believing God that the same God who said it will do it, and standing and praying and believing and fasting. And for David, it didn't happen, and then he got up, and everyone's like, well, why did you get up? He's like, hey, I did it. While I needed to apply my faith, I gave it my all in the moment. No doubt, no fear, no weariness, no worry. I'm trusting God all the way. And because he didn't fear death, even though he didn't get what he wanted, his faith was secure. The overcoming faith is an all-in faith. In this pandemic, we've got to be all-in. We have got to be the people of God who aren't wavering, uh, aren't going up and down, aren't wondering, okay, is God with us? What kind of question is that? Is God going to do something? What kind of question is that? Our faith, our overcoming faith is an all-in faith. So that's why my buddies, I love them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, I just love them. The same kind of faith. We're not bowing, we're not burning, no issue here, all in. We trust God in the fire, we trust him in the palace, we trust him when we could eat vegetables, and we will trust him when we can't. It's irrelevant here, King. Our faith is an overcoming faith, and we are all in all the time. No need to question us again, King. You don't need to call a judge. I don't need a lawyer. I'm just telling you right now, this is the way it is. Our God will save us. And even if he won't, we won't bow. We won't bow. All in. All in. Paul was all in. From the day he got saved, all in kind of faith. And so he could go to Jerusalem knowing he was going to die because he was all in. He even had prophecies telling him, don't go. He's like, but I know what my God said. I know that's where I'm supposed to go. Nice prophecy, man of God. Nice word, woman of God. But I'm going to Jerusalem all in. Not afraid of adversity. Not afraid of pain. Not afraid of death. All in. Somebody say all in. All in. 
all in. Jesus walked all in. According to the will of his father, no questions asked, sweating blood, but all in, all the way to the cross, regardless of the stripes. It didn't matter that his skin was being torn. All in, all in, all in. The overcoming faith is an all-in kind of faith. And in case you think that being all-in is all about death and sacrifice and, you know, all of that, being all-in is also about faith. So Esther could go all-in and be queen. She didn't go up there and go, I'm an orphan, all-in. If I'm going to be queen, I'm going to be queen. <laughs> I'm going to lift my head. I don't care what happened to that other lady. We won't even say her name. We, we won't say the name. We will not say the name. But she was like, I am all in, I am queen. And in fact, I'm not just queen, I'm all of y'all's queen. <laughs> and I'm good like that. <laughs> the crown looks good on me. Don't come telling me, ooh, you need to be careful, girl. Because you know, girl, what happened to the other queen, girl? You got to watch yourself. No, she's like, I'm queen. I'm here. I'm all in. This is my position. And I will sit in it and I will rule well. You've got to be all in. You can't go about half in, half out, a little afraid, unsure of yourself. No rule in authority and walk because your faith is an all-in kind of faith. Oh, somebody ought to say amen to that one. Whatever thing is tempting you and trying to draw you away from your faith, don't give in, don't give in, don't give in. This kind of overcoming faith, it's an all-in kind of faith. It's a faith where we believe God all the way. Somebody say, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. Hallelujah. I have one more that I want to give us, and then we're going we're gonna to tie it up and be done for the day. Actually, I'm going to tie it up with that one thing. But, but first, I do want to charge us and challenge us in the area of giving. See, one of the things that can be a, char a challenge to us, particularly now, is to not give because we're afraid. To not sow because we're afraid. Because of everything going on. Can I challenge you? Can I challenge all of us? Now more than ever, because we know our source. Come on. Because we know what God said. We live and we fashion our lives according to the word of God. So it doesn't matter whether I'm there or not. It doesn't matter whether they say they're taking an offering or not. Because we function by the word of God. And we understand that when we sow, we will reap. We understand that when we give, it will be given back to us. And we won't just get what we gave. We'll get it pressed down. Come on. Shaken together. Running over. Overflow. It will be poured back into our lives. So we live by that word and we give. I want to challenge every one of us. Never, never get the word of God and you don't give. In fact, I was sitting here today. I asked my husband, did you give on Wednesday? We realized we forgot. I gave my Wednesday offering today. I never have these, oh, well, no, 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 no. We want to be faithful all the time because we're saying to God, I trust you. I trust you. I trust you. So if you're giving in our virtual platform, myhouseofworship.org slash giving, or you can use paypal.me forward slash myhouseofworship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We want to be faithful in giving. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I want to challenge us a bit because sometimes, you know, I think sometimes posture makes a difference. So if you can, can you just stand to your feet and let's just round up with this one. We've been talking about the overcoming faith. I'll run through them again. Number one, it dares to trust God. It believes against hopelessness. It does not live by visible impossibility. It doesn't focus on impossibility. It lives by what God says he will do. It's all in. And the, the very last one, the very last description of this overcoming faith, thank you, is that it is rewarded. It is rewarded. Amen? It is rewarded. Let's go to that scripture that we've been looking at. In Revelations, <laughs> Revelations chapter 3, 
and let's round up with that. Ha, ha, ha. But we'll start from verse 9. And, and I'm not going to read all the scriptures. I'm just going to describe the things to you. In that verse 9, it says, the synagogue of Satan will bow down to you. You will know. You will know. They will know that I love you. Anybody dealing with an impossible situation that you've had people um, from the synagogue <laughs> trying to draw you away from trusting God? Trying to draw you away from believing the promises of God. Anyone dealing with some Sambalats and Tobiases, come on, who don't understand the word that God has given you. And here you see the promise that he was telling you, listen, if you will overcome, if you will just be faithful, if you will hold on, this is what's going to happen. Not that we obey for that, but it is kind of sweet, isn't it? <laughs> what am I telling you? The overcoming faith is rewarded. Come on. It goes on to say, in verse 10, he promises, I will keep you from the trial coming on the world. Are we not in a trial? Are we not in a trial? Are we not in a trial situation? And have you not been faithful? So why are you worried? Why are you concerned about what's going to happen to you? Let me tell you what's going to happen to you. He's going to keep you from the trial. He's going to preserve you from the difficulty. He, he, he's going to keep your way straight and plain so that you don't slip. He's going to send his angels to come hold you up and help you. He's going to send those fighting angels. So you don't even know that things are being broken down. All you're doing is walking. Sometimes it looks like nothing is happening, but let me tell you, a whole lot is happening in the spiritual realm because he's making a way for you. Hallelujah. He will keep you from the trial coming on the world. And verse 12, it says, he who overcomes, I will make him a pillar. A pillar represents stability. I don't know. I need this word. Because sometimes in here, war. <laughs> All kinds of things going on in here. But when God says, Sybil, I'll make you stable. I'll make you a pillar. A pillar not just represents stability, but the pillar holds everything else up. That's why when Samson broke the pillars, the whole house came down. He says, I'll make you a pillar. You can't be a pillar and be broken. You see what I mean? So when God says, I'll take care of you, he will take care of you. When God says, I'm going to keep you from the trial, he will keep you from the trial. But he's not just going to keep you where you end up all broken. No, he's going to make you a pillar. Because he walks in overcoming faith. And not just any kind of pillar. He says, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Who's going to hold this house up? Come on. Who's going to hold this house up? It's going to be the people of God who walk in overcoming faith. The people of God who don't quit. The people of God who aren't scared of Goliath. The people of God who will dare to trust God and will cut that thing's head off and say, not today, not today, not today. I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God. I love this. Because I've always seen it as I say I'm a Christian, but now God says you're a Christian. Now God confesses, kind of like Abraham. Now I know. Now I know that you serve me. God will put his name on you when you overcome when you don't quit, when you survive the time. He says, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, the city that God loves, he puts that name on you. I can just see right now somebody going, change their name to Jerusalem. Help me, Holy Ghost. <laughs> I will put the name I love. That's what I'll call. Whew. How awesome. 
And it doesn't just happen because we love him. It doesn't just happen because he loves us. It happens because we overcome. It happens because we stand. And he says this, and I will write on him my new name. I don't know what that name is, but today, I don't mind being called overcomer. <laughs> today, I don't mind standing tall and saying I'm an overcomer. You know, there, there's this old song, and we're not going to sing it. You know, we shall overcome. But we would sing it in this dreary way, one like we really believed we were overcomers. <laughs> but this kind of faith is an audacious kind of faith that says, I am an overcomer. It doesn't cower. It's not weak. It's not afraid. It looks death in the eye and says, I am an overcomer. For just 30 seconds, can you just open up your mouth and begin to make confession? Can you begin to declare and decree, I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I am all in. I stand by what the Lord says. I stand by the word of God. I will not quit. Every difficulty, every adversity, even walking in this pandemic right now, I declare and decree according to the word of the Lord. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. I declare today, my faith will not fail in the day of adversity. My faith will not fail in the day of difficulty. I stand in strength. I stand in authority. I am an overcomer. I take on the name of my God. I take on the name of my God. And I stand by faith and I say, I am an overcomer. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen. Doesn't it feel good to know that God will empower us to overcome? Amen? Doesn't it feel good to know that God will empower us to overcome? For those of you joining us in our virtual church, we thank you for joining us today. It's been a joy to have you with us. We thank you for joining with us. We pray the Lord's grace and strength and peace over you now and always. We'll see you again on Wednesday, 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining with us. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the House of Worship podcast. We hope you enjoyed this message and were blessed by it. For more information, visit us at our website at www.myhouseofworship.org. Thank you and have a blessed day.